superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. How about the Cowboys? And the Packers are piling it on the Cowboys. This is one of my most surprises since I've been involved in sport, period. The Rich Eisen Show. This game is over. Oh, the Detroit Lions have won it. We're playing that Sunday back here at home. Today's guests, two-time Super Bowl champion and Greenlight podcast host, Chris Long. Senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. And now, it's Rich Eisen. That's right. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show live on the Roku channel. This Rich Eisen Show terrestrial affiliate, Sirius XM Odyssey and more. We say hello to our podcast listeners. We say hello to everybody out there within the sound of our voice, whether you're watching us live on the Roku channel, free on all Roku devices, select Samsung Smart TVs, also free on Amazon Fire TV, free on the Roku app. The RokuChannel.com is free on the internet tubes. If you're listening to us on demand, again, through our podcast, Overreaction Monday is going to be a segment today. We're going to do our podcast version of Overreaction Monday first thing Tuesday morning, because if we did it today, we'd miss a third of Super Wild Card Weekend. That was one of the uh, parts of the weekend that uh, were somewhat unpredictable. Mother Nature, Old Man Winter, Jack Frost all together said, we're not playing the game on Sunday in Western New York. We're playing it later on today on this Monday. So we're a de facto pregame show as well. Hang out with us for the next three hours, why don't you? Chris Long of the Green Light Podcast will join us to react to everything that we just saw, preview what we might see later on today between the Steelers and the Bills and then the Bucks and the Eagles, which was almost for the right to host a divisional playoff game if the Rams had beaten the Lions last night. And then we have Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, top of hour number three, to tell us everything going on in the coaching carousel that, who knows, might include the Dallas Cowboys sooner rather than later. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? Rich, I'm great. What's up? DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts. You are back in your chair. Good to see you. Good morning, Rich. And should we all get up? This might not be good for radio, but it'll be great for TV. Let's do it. All three of us, let's get up and give TJ let's Jefferson a hug. A group hug. Group hug. Group hug. Group hug. Get over, Mike. Group hug. This is what friends are for. Oh man. Do you want to linger or are we are we done? Are we done? Is this good enough? I mean, okay. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. I do that. Right. Yeah. Feel I mean, a little a little bit. You know, that was a, that was a first. So, you know, oh, I know. I didn't even say pre I didn't even say pre-show. That's what we we're going to do. You know, that was a first. Oh, so, but my, I mean, Mike Mike's been waiting to hit this, so let's let him just That's all right. It's okay. That's all right. Go ahead, get it. Get it. How about the Cowboys? <laughs> That's Stephen A. Oh, I can't tell which one. Is that the most recent one? Or, uh, or no, I don't, I don't oh, that's he from. Did it yesterday. Oh, he did because yeah. he was saving it for his show. Yeah, he yeah was got saying, it. Yeah. Sorry, TJ. I mean, sorry, brother. You know, I kind of told you on Friday what was going to happen. Well, we'll get to your uh, your innermost thoughts in a second. <laughs> Listen. I didn't see that coming. I don't think anybody in Dallas certainly saw that coming. I, I mean, maybe in his heart of hearts, Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, they thought it would be possible to see it coming. Ish, maybe. A 27 to nothing lead in Dallas by the 
Green Bay Packers. The Packers going in and taking the Dallas Cowboys with their 12 wins, eight of them at home, and breaking them off into two and taking their Green Bay Packer offense and defense and breaking it off where the sun doesn't shine and taking the Dallas Cowboys' most promising season in a long time and certainly just to break the 20, now eight-year drought Mm. of getting back to the NFC Championship game and at least removing that from the equation. Their best chance of getting that, a two-seed in the playoffs, which in many respects they earned. In some respects, the eligible snafu at the end of the second-to-last Saturday of the season that sent the Lions to a three-seed and the Cowboys to a two-seed. That was the latest sign that this is all breaking Dallas way in a way that we haven't seen, and the Packers broke something off on them. And the Cowboys looked like they hadn't played a game together this year. Dak Prescott, MVP, CeeDee Lamb, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and they may wind up as both, by the way, because that's a regular season award. All the votes are already in. This has nothing to do with what is being voted on for the end-of-season awards given out the Thursday before the Super Bowl that the Cowboys now officially won't be in. Offensive player of the year, right? Offensive player of the year. What did I say, rookie? My bad. That's that's the other quarterback in Dallas. Got Stroud on the brain a little bit. But offensive player of the year. Looked like he was upset with his quarterback. And not as upset as he needed to be with the Green Bay Packers, Strahan hit it right on the head. Stray was like, CeeDee Lamb's getting shoved when he's out of bounds, and he doesn't even look back at the Packers who were doing it to him. It looked like the Cowboys quit. That's a fact. I am not mincing words. The Dallas Cowboys looked like they quit. That a younger, hungrier, better coached, better prepared team came into their house. Youngest team assembled in the history of the Super Bowl era. Comes into Dallas and hands the Cowboys arguably the toughest home team to beat this year. Their first home loss. And it wasn't even close. They couldn't throw it. They couldn't run it. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. Even Brandon Aubrey hit an upright. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, they couldn't do anything right. Nothing. And they're lucky to have gotten a point on the board before halftime. The way that they were playing and needed a flag to help stop a clock when Dak throws short of the end zone with no timeouts left. It just was awful. Soup to nuts. The first two seed to lose to a seven seed. The Dallas Cowboys. Let me just keep going here. I'm sorry. I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off for you, TJ. Yeah, let's get it out. I'm sorry, but the Cowboys have not advanced beyond the divisional round since 95, as we know. They're now 5-13 and in the playoffs since 96 only team with 10 or more losses or five or fewer wins in that span. The Cowboys had nine wins of 20 or more points in 2023, tied for most for second in the Super Bowl era. Only the Patriots of 07 had more. They had 10. The 99 St. Louis Rams were the other team with nine, and the 96 Packers had eight. All three of those other teams had what in common? I'll tell you. They made the Super Bowl. This team was one and done at home. And then comes the fact that Dak Prescott is now two and five in his playoff career. That's tied for the worst of any such winning percentage. 
with a minimum of five starts. And then there's the case of Mike McCarthy, friend of the program, but this is the, these are just all facts here. Facts. The three playoff eliminating losses. One of them against the Niners in 2021 in the wild card. When time ran out, they couldn't spot the ball. Then next year to the Niners in the divisional round after whatever the heck that last play involving Ezekiel Elliott's career in Dallas was. And then this one. So, of course, everybody ran to Jerry Jones after the game and said, what about your coach? And he, of course, wasn't prepared for this. This makes total sense, the answer you're about to hear, because I remember when we were in, in New Orleans on a Saturday night and the Cowboys season with the son of bum, Wade Phillips was circling around the drain, and he didn't want to fire Wade Phillips at all. Jerry Jones has, for some reason, the um, reputation of having a quick trigger finger. He does not. He does not. He hung on to Wade Phillips for a long time and then wound up firing him in the middle of the season because he had no other choice. We all know we saw Jason Garrett on NBC last night, how long he lasted there. So everybody ran up to Jerry and thought, okay, this is the end of Mike McCarthy, right? He wasn't prepared for it. Hit it. Really, I can't reach back and look at a playoff loss, uh, uh, but this uh, uh, seems like the, uh, the, the most uh, painful uh, because uh, we all had such great expectation and we had hope for this team and uh, uh, thought that we were aligned in a great shape, in great shape, and uh, uh, it didn't happen for us. And it's as fresh on me right now as it is on anybody else, but I, don't, uh, I won't get into... Uh, any uh, of the uh, addressing of any aspects of it, any part of it, um, from um, the coaching to the players to what's around the corner. I know where the responsibility starts and ends, and I've got that real clear, and I know that. But that's not the point. The point is that uh, uh, I'm uh, uh, disappointed for everybody. No, I, I don't want to rank it, but I will tell you that I'm floored. This is beyond my comprehension. Floored and beyond his comprehension. And again, I don't blame him the way that they were playing this year. Many opportunities for me to join the bandwagon of just you wait, the Stephen A. Smith bandwagon of just you wait, it's going to come. I I just, I didn't hop on it. I believe that they had the pieces and now it's smashed into a million pieces. And look, folks, I understand Detroit just won their first home playoff game in 30-something years, first playoff game in a long time. And I understand the Texans have made the final four in the AFC and the Chiefs flipped the switch. I get it. I totally understand all of that. But the Dallas Cowboys just went down in complete and utter flames. And Bill Belichick is sitting out there at home waiting for a phone to ring. These are all facts, all right? And if the guy who once upon a time reached out to the vine on which Belichick is the fruit and said, you come here and we'll figure out a way for us to try and win games and make the playoffs and win a Super Bowl, which Parcells did not, you know he's got to be sitting there thinking about Belichick at some point. It just depends how he woke up today in his silk pajamas. And the question is, like, did he throw the bed covers off and see the head of the Dallas Cowboys 2023 season there and he's screaming his head off uh, and he needs to make a deal. Uh, he's, uh, he needs to make that deal. He needs, to, he needs to tell the band leader, you got the part. And is Belichick the band leader? These are all facts. And the question is, is what, what's he thinking? And Dan Quinn's defense gets eviscerated. He can't, I don't blame Jerry Jones having issues computing this in first blush moments. That said, as we're sitting here wondering what the Cowboys are going to do after they got beat, let me just give you this theory as well. 
that I don't think a lot of people are talking about because it was a seven seed that came in first ever seven seed. You know, the playoffs used to have eight teams in it a long time ago. Not even a seven seed won then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dead. So wow. this is the first seven seed to win, you know, in the new construct. And so everyone's like, oh, gosh, seven seed. That's embarrassing. How about the idea that the Packers are a really good football team coached by a really good football coach and quarterbacked by a kid who's been waiting and is ready to pounce and has been pouncing since week 11. Week 11. Since that time, Jordan Love has 19 touchdowns and one interception. Ballin'. How about that? <laughs> How about the fact that he's going to be a tough out for anyone, potentially even the one seed. You know the Niners are feeling really good about themselves as well. And you know they are a terrific team, arguably even more better rostered and talented than the Dallas Cowboys. But how about the most dangerous team in a tournament frequently is the youngest one that doesn't know what they should know? and knows just enough to come into your house and completely wreck the buffet. How about that? How about this may be their time to start shining and the Dallas Cowboys weren't ready for it? And how about this might be the better way to build a team and win with them in the Super Bowl era that we currently reside in? I'm saying that you might have your quarterback making 40 million and your top wide receiver being the offensive player of the year and you got a really special kid down in the defensive line and a terrific offensive line but put it all together maybe you're not the best team maybe the packers are the better team and that's the tough part about figuring it out because if the packers are the better team then maybe it's not just the coach who needs to be changed in Dallas. And that is something that I don't believe, as you know, the Jones family is ready to tackle that as well. Do you have organizational meetings in Dallas on this subject matter? Because the way you've constructed the team and the way that they played, now it comes to win or go home time. Is the quarterback the right guy? Is the coach the right guy? Is the coordinator the right guy? Because he sure looked that way in the first 17 games of the season. In game 18, they got defrocked. And maybe the Packers are going to be the tough out in the NFC. Because Dallas is out and they're moving on and they are feeling really good about themselves. And they have maybe... Maybe, and I, I understand what I'm saying here. And we're seeing Hurts tonight. And we're seeing Baker tonight. And we haven't seen Brock Purdy yet. And we saw Goff make some really good throws last night in a, against a, in a, in a, in a, a physical paint-swapping affair. But is it possible Jordan Love winds up being the best playoff quarterback in the NFC? Because he's one game in. And that was unbelievable. Matt LaFleur has got to be, he didn't have the words for it, actually, after the game. This is a great soundbite right here from Matt LaFleur. Hit it. Uh, Jordan Love, wow. That was, that's about all I can say, Pete, is wow. Um, what he did and the poise he shows, the command he shows, the, the, the touchdown pass to Dontavian Wicks, uh, it was an all-out look. We were obviously in an empty set. He had, uh, I think it was Tucker, Max Protect, and that was a great job by Tuck uh, and the rest of our offensive line. And for him to hang in there and get that throw, and Wicks made a hell of a catch. But those are those are things that uh, you, you just can't necessarily, you can try to coach it, but what a moment for him. Um, to me, that was a big-time play. It just shows the growth that he's had uh, 
from his first start versus KC to now. Um, just so proud and happy for him. Uh, he is he he is he's a dude. He is a real dude. <laughs> he is a dude. <laughs> a real he dude. is a real dude. That's a good he t-shirt. is a, a real, real dude. dude. And Last thing, and then we'll take a break, and Chris Long will join us. I have an apology to, to, to say into this microphone, a mea culpa, to Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. I have spent about three years wondering what he's thinking and how he goes about his business and what is he doing. And today, he has got to be just, I mean, cloud nine. He might be on cloud 10. Well, I'm on cloud 10 with Michigan still, but cloud nine. He has got to be sitting there. He wants to spike the football, I'm sure, but that's just uh, clearly not his style. But Jordan Love absolutely turns out to be the right move. Absolutely. And then the three touchdown passes, Romeo Dobbs, six catches, 151 yards, and a touchdown. Fourth round out of Nevada. Dontavious Wicks, he became the first rookie wide receiver because he was chosen in the fifth round. We're all talking about Puka Nakua in the fifth round. Wicks became the first Packers rookie wide receiver to catch a touchdown pass in the playoffs since Devontae Adams. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, and Luke Musgrave, who they got in the second round of this year's draft out of Oregon State, he caught a touchdown. And I'm not even mention Christian Watson, second rounder of 22. Jaden Reed, second rounder of 23. Tucker Kraft, third rounder of 23. Aaron Jones figured out a way to keep him around. No Rich Eisen show. Curse there. Curse there. Just the bump. He was our last guest on last week's show to end it on Friday. 21 for a buck 18 on the ground, three touchdowns. <laughs> Sir, I say to you, Brian Gutekunst, I am sorry. And I salute you. Wow. Green Bay Packer fans, congrats. You just won and done the Dallas Cowboys, which I think, you know, is, I mean, I've, if you can one and done the Bears, I guess that's one, but that's pretty damn close for you. Let's take a break. Chris Long of Greenlight Pod and Inside the NFL will be joining us next. This is a post-Super Wild Card Saturday and Sunday edition of the Rich Eisen Show on a Monday. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Oh, look at that screen grab you just sent everyone, TJ, of us coming <laughs> oh, to hug so you good. to start the show. <laughs> and so good. Actually, I'm Brockman, you look the most like feeling for him. I do too. And Del Tufo, you're just cackling. Del Tufo, I mean, you're like you cackling. cackling. You're like, so, you're I feel he's bummed. He's a cowboy I, fan who's I know, bummed. I, I know, but it's like, you know me. I'm like there for anyone that loses. Uh, okay. He's, he's there to be a troll. Right? Let's bring him on since I got long-winded, um, and the radio audience will rejoin in a second. Our friend from Greenlight Pod, the great uh, two-time Super Bowl champ, our friend uh, Chris Long. Back on the program. How are you, Chris? Good to see you. Rich, I'm pretty good. How are you, brother? I'm good. TJ Jefferson's a diehard Cowboy fan. We started the show by uh, getting up, which is not great for radio. You know, <laughs> when you get away from your microphones and you walk out, all three of us went up. We gave him a group hug. Yeah, no, it's good though. Reset the energy in the studio. <laughs> yeah, did it? Did, TJ, did it reset the energy, or or did not reset the? I energy? mean, it, it did something. I don't know what. But no, yeah, it made me feel good that you guys thought enough. Yeah, but to Mike Del Tufo, the troll from New Jersey, was cackling the entire time. I you don't think that wasn't the spirit happy. of it, Mike. Dude, I, I feel bad. I feel bad for Cowboys fans. I'm not even going to be like rubbing it in. 
I do. I'm empathetic. I'm an empathetic guy, dude. I, you know, yeah, I can imagine, you know, because you guys get it the worst because, you know, uh, a lot of people hated me when I came in the league because because I come from an NFL family. There's history there. Yeah, it's the same thing for being like a Dallas Cowboys fan under the age of forty. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't get to enjoy all that stuff in the nineties. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I was a kid and all that. But for most of your adult life, I actually feel like you guys have it harder than most. It's, I, I said this once, uh, like two weeks ago, Chris. I'm like the thing about being a Cowboys fan is teams from other fans from other teams would rather us lose than their team win sometimes. Yeah, but I mean that's that's life that's in hard, the, man. that's life in the big metroplex city is basically what uh some might say and Mike would be cackling as he says it, but <laughs> back on the Rich Eisen show radio network, our friend Chris Long from the Greenlight with Chris Long podcast and inside the NFL on the CW joining us here on the Rich Eisen show. So I'll just hit you with this one straight up is uh what would you be thinking if you were in the Dallas Cowboy locker room right now? Uh, I would be thinking, you know, like Cancun sounds great, but the beaches aren't that nice. You know, like I'm a, I'm more of a British Virgin Island guys. Okay. Guy, and I feel like I would be looking down there like a Virgin Gorda or something like that, because like Cancun's great and the whole thing. And there's a lot of fun things to do. But I, I, I don't want to just sit at the beach. The surf can get kind of big. You get the red flags out there. You can't even get in the water. I would be looking in the Caribbean. Okay, very good. <laughs> um, so uh, other than travel plans, you're cleaning uh, out your locker. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, think? Really not, I, I think if you're I think if you're a Dallas Cowboy, like as a football player, it's kind of impossible unless you've been there the whole time. Like, say, somebody like Dak. You don't feel every, I mean, you feel the the pressure, but you don't feel all these losses that like Jerry Jones has felt since 2000. We went through this just a second ago and this is going to blow your mind or maybe it doesn't, but you know, he's had enough. And I think this is where you take a big swing at say like a bill. I think if you're Atlanta, you were rooting for Dallas to win that game because you know that if they lose that game, uh, everybody's going to be putting Bill in Dallas and maybe Bill likes Dallas. But if you're Jerry Jones, think about what you've watched this century. 2006, Romo fumbles the ball. 2007, uh, you had Romo on the beach with Jessica Simpson. You're the first team since the playoffs expanded to lose as the number one seed in the divisional round. 2009, 34-3 to to the Vikings. So bad, Wade Phillips thought you were rubbing the score in. Then you get Dez caught it in 2014, and this is where it gets crazy. 2016, you got this rookie quarterback, Dakota Prescott. You got Zeke Elliott. We got hope. Even if we lose this game to an MVP candidate, it's Dak's first start in the playoffs. You know how that game ended. It was Aaron Rodgers' magic. Uh, You probably felt like the Texans feel like right now in 2016. Like, we're going to be special. We're going to be here a while. But seven years later, guys, you lose to that same team who replaced that MVP candidate from 2016 with a guy making his first start and he beats your MVP candidate. And now you have to fire the the coach from the other sideline in 2016. So you've tried everything. And I just, if I was Jerry, I wouldn't continue to try the put all my eggs in the basket of like, you know, when Tony was, was done, everybody was like, Dak's going to be different. They were both two and four in the playoffs going into yesterday. Now, now Dak's two and five. So you know, um, I think it's crazy that you're right back where you started, where you replaced Tony Romo. And I'm I'm not saying that's a hundred percent that you replaced Dak, but and I don't want to take anything away from I, t- I a month or two ago before the Buffalo game, I said, you know what, he might deserve the MVP, but the MVP is not an assurance that you're the guy of the future. You know, I've I've seen Tua was in the MVP race. Um, there's plenty of guys that have been talked about as MVP caliber players because they have these great seasons. But if you'd have told me this is going to end like this, what does that even matter? You know, this was bad. So, and the thing about Belichick, I even, you know, had my uh, moment on the, uh, the, this Twitter machine during the game when it was 20 to nothing. I put out that gif that from uh, the combine of Belichick grabbing a chip, eating it, and then putting up his binoculars to look at the, the field. Um, that, but it does seem to make sense because Bill, if he if he's gonna want to join a team, I I would think he'd 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 want to join Dallas with a ton of great defensive parts, with a a quarterback that you don't have to do anything except maybe Im- imbue your sensibilities into. Right. Uh, the issue is though, if you fire McCarthy, the play caller during the season, he he was 
terrific, right? He was right? a good play I mean, caller, man. So He was a good play caller, and that's why I think it kind of falls on the quarterback, too. And, you know, like, if you're looking at doing a full reset, like, so be it. But um, I don't think it's as automatic a decision for for uh, for Bill. I, you'd have to first backtrack and say what motivates Bill at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill just wants to prove that he can win, right? Like, I would think. Um, and I look at Atlanta, and I look at the division, Right. Um, you could be coaching against whoever David Tepper hires, um, uh, you know, Dennis Allen, possibly, and Todd Bowles. Like, you have an advantage there. Right away, that division's not great. And, you know, you talk about pass catchers, the thing they haven't had in New England. Like, they have some guys down there in Atlanta now. You also have to think, like, would I rather work with Jerry Jones or, or Arthur Blank? And I don't know. That's something you'd have to ask Bill. I don't think anybody knows the answer to that. But when Bill respects somebody, he really does. And I think he could work with an owner that he respects. And also, like, McKay in Atlanta, like, he might look at that as a positive. McKay's really well-respected. Guy's been around a long time. The GM wasn't even at the press conference, so he's not going to be in the way. Uh, It just comes down to what the organizational structure, I think, is for, for Bill. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show. What did you make of the Chiefs win? Was there a, a flip of a switch? What do you think here? How do you how do you term it? I'd love to say a flip of the switch. I think the biggest thing, though, for the Chiefs, like they had advantages everywhere, right? Like I think they're the better coach team. I like Mike McDaniel, but like, you know, the disciplinary stuff, the third downs, there were like four or five third downs in this game where if you got third manageable in that weather – the way they are, you feel good. Uh, but they fall started. They had illegal formations. They had a bunch of stuff that knocked them back. They also just didn't seem to be, and I know this is so cliche and I hate it, but they didn't seem as ready to play in the cold as, as Kansas city, you know, like one of those plays after a false start, I think on cheat on a third and eight, I posted this. It was the only thing I saw on the play was Legereus Sneed with those long ass arms reaching out and put him on, on cheetah. And then, you know, pushing him down into the ground. Like that was the best jam I've seen it, all weekend. You know, we talk about press coverage and why Legereus needs so great. And then I also remember a play where late in the game, and it was obvious at this point that it wasn't going to be Miami's day. Like they throw the ball out to waddle and the ball took a while to get there. And Sneed just top down, breaks the ball up. It's on Miami sideline and he walks off the, he slings waddle. He walks towards the the dolphins bench and they're all standing there in their coats. And I, I can't get this picture out of my head. Legereus Sneed, who's an absolute alpha who was ready to play staring three to four dolphins down for a solid two seconds. So the ref was like, all right, come on back here. They didn't move. Nobody moved a muscle. When do you get to mug up the other team's sideline? Like that was Kansas city in a nutshell in this game. And then the advantage of quarterback, Mahomes' ball cuts through the wind, man. You know, they, they had the, the, the confidence to come out and throw the ball three times to start the game. Right. You know, the first, first two throws, one of them sails, one of them, Kelsey drops the ball. I remember this vividly, them zooming in on Patrick and his face was kind of like, damn, this is going to be tough, huh? But like, here we go. And, um, he proved why he's, you know, the best quarterback on the planet, you know, the past five, seven years in this league. And, um, the other guy to, a, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to drill this thing into the ground, but people are now catching up to, is he the answer? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but overall, if you couldn't run the ball here, you weren't going to have a good day and they couldn't Kansas city's more physical. Kansas city's more disciplined. Kansas city has a better, better quarterback. Not a shock to me. Yeah, and that's the the point, you know, because then again, you, I would ask you about the Dolphins, but you have asked and answered that in multiple appearances prior to this Monday one, Chris. So that's why I asked about the Chiefs, because they may finally have to play a playoff game out of Arrowhead next week if the Bills beat the Steelers today. The rest advantage. That's it. Well, I mean, and then and then it just comes down to what, what can the Chiefs do what they've done in past years, you know, and that that is the AFC uh, question. If the Bills go ahead and win this thing, other other than the fact of how how real are the Texans, you know, I mean, and I guess this is one way to 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 put it all together. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen show. We've got a graphic 
uh, uh, from the two kids that started their first career playoff starts. Do you, Chris Long, wish to start? Maybe we can do this together. You want to you want to start drumming, uh, beating the drum for a Texans Packers Super Bowl, Chris? Oh, I love it. I love it. What, what do you it, think? It, here? Anything anything is possible. You know, I know you asked me who are the teams that are capable of beating the the Ravens. Well, anybody's capable of beating anybody. They were like the Bills. I think have a the best chance of anybody remaining. I think the Chiefs. It's possible, right? Like um, Texans, they played Week One. Looking back at that game, uh, you know, I don't think there's much you can take from it, but it was twenty five to nine. Um, I think the Texans are dangerous, man. Like they have that belief about them. Uh, CJ is just as good as just about anybody in the league, the way he's throwing the ball right now. And so, um, but I think with, with the chiefs, the one thing that they had going for them last night, you say, Hey, the passing game and maybe the confidence that they gathered yes, just going through it work works in their favor, but the dolphins being down guys up front and on the edge and Patrick having all that time. I'm not sure we really saw that all season. You know, that that's not something I got used to seeing this year because the thing that doesn't get made a big deal enough with Kansas City, we all we talk about is wide receivers, the tackles. Oh, you know, gosh. those were two two decisions that they made, <laughs> right. right? And yeah, you know, you talk about giving the pass game time to develop, and you know, that guy's under siege back there for a lot of the year. So not being under siege, if if you give Mahomes that kind of time, he can make it work with those guys. And that's not necessarily going to be the case, everybody they play. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show. The Rams and Lions uh, were as good as advertised, man. That was great. I mean, physical, paint swapping. I mean, just really laying laying the wood the entire time. And then, you know, Goff making some terrific throws in the first half. That first down to end it um, was a, a terrific, uh, I guess, gutsy, if you want to put it, oh. risk. And Stafford was slinging it. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody throws Un- a prettier ball than him, you know, from different angles. Right? I, I feel like the longer, and I want to make Detroit the lead here because make sure. no mistake about it, not only an amazing football game, one of the best wild card games I can remember in the past, Agreed. you know, 10 years. I, I have to go back through the list, but um, huge win for Detroit. These wins are so big. Number one. It buys time. Like Dan Campbell can say, Hey, I won a playoff game here. Um, Jared Goff can say, Hey, I won a playoff game here. And I think the belief that it it gives those guys is great and they deserve it. Like what a run. Um, and to beat Matt Stafford, you know, your worst nightmare is staring you in the face, right across the 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 sideline there. Your coach that got rid of you that didn't like you, and the quarterback that everybody loves in this city, like and he played his best game and you beat him like Matt Stafford was on fire. And I think it's crazy when, and I have so much respect for the guy, the older he gets, the the more his career goes like, how, how rare is it to see a quarterback that you almost respect more as, as his career goes on, <laughs> you know, it's Detroit where you, you, you're like, yeah, but you know, it's a bunch of yards, but, and then he goes to LA and he, he wins. And then, you know, he, he gets up off the mat and there's a lot of people like me that didn't think he'd have this in him this year. But when you talk to quarterbacks, they're like, dude, the guy's got a jugs machine on his shoulder. He's going to last forever. <laughs> and he's so tough. You can think whatever you want about, I think he was out cold at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not great for the league, but it's playoff football. And, and you know, like if I'm him, I'm trying to get up too. Um, and the way he banged his hand, how nasty that looked to be able to to hang in there. What a game from both these quarterbacks. But I think it came down to ultimately the Rams got 15 pressures. You know, if you if you let Goff, Goff have a clean pocket back there, he's going to pick you apart. The ball didn't touch the ground until the second quarter. And, you know, a lot of the guys, and I think Raheem did a great job this year. I think he did a great job. You know, Dan Quinn's doing interviews for head coaching jobs. Look at how the defense looked yesterday. Raheem has worked some magic back there for the Rams. And he kept the points down largely. I mean, it looked like for stretch of the game, they weren't going to be able to get a stop. They had a shot. They had a shot in this game. I mean, it came down in the fourth quarter where, you know, um, it, 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 they they had a, uh, a holding penalty that knocked them out of field goal range and then and couldn't the get close play. enough. Right. The Hutch was, he was coming from wide. I mean, like he was practically an eight mile it was and where he another, was getting yeah, in his stance. You know what I mean? Like that's that, that's, a, that's another reason, Rich, why we can't overrate sacks. Because the guy had two of them, 
they were like fall on a guy and he played his ass off. Mm -hmm. He had two sacks where he's just touching a guy down the biggest play he made that night. And it will not go on the stat sheet is that hold because McVay has, he's dictated that like, yeah, it's a four minute drive or so. But like at that point in the game, they're not in a hurry. And I think to him, he's like, if we kick a field goal, we don't want to leave much time. And so we are going to take our time. We're going to go on one of these long, long drives, which they came up empty on in the second half, two six minute drives for field goals. But I did not agree with on third down. I know they had been aggressive on third and long in some possible four down situations. I did not agree with taking that shot on third and long. I would have said, let's take the profit and make a decision here. Um, Mm. Whether we kick or whether we go again, I guess he. I guess he wanted Nakua. That, that that was a penalty. I mean, he was. He it was, was a penalty. He, he was grabbed. Can, I mean, you know. I mean, Nakua Detroit was unbelievable. Fans are going to say Detroit fans are going to say, "Hey, that was offsides before the half." And sure. I also thought that was a really bad sequence for the Rams too, because you you're down twenty one seventeen, and this is the way I think. I know it's like not automatic, but the way they were moving the ball. If the Rams get the ball back after Jared Goff throws it backwards, first off, oh. you pressured him finally. He did the thing and he you did didn't capitalize. And then third and 15, you give up a backbreaking conversion and they don't get points out of it because you get bailed out. But the bottom line is you get the ball out of the half and you can't do a two for one because you're backed up with under a minute. You could have had the ball punted to you at their 35, punting the ball. Instead, it's the 45 with one minute to go. And to me, that sequence so huge. You don't come out of the half and get points. Detroit ekes out a field goal. Laporta grabbing those extra yards was huge. But like that is a that's a situation now where it's twenty four seventeen and the game is is being played on their terms. They it, the Rams could have given them the ball back up thirty one twenty one at some point in the third quarter, but they missed their chance for the two for one. Man, I love talking ball with you brother and it was great being on your pod last week i would love uh for anybody who watches or listens to this show please uh seek that out with uh yeah with you on green light pod it was great anytime you know that we love it we'd love for you to come back rich good talking to you man same here same here uh let's uh let's do it again go next birds. week <laughs> all birds. right there you go I, I didn't even ask him about that tonight go birds but i don't know man no aj brown tonight that's gonna clip look wings on those birds nice <laughs> all right lots to uh lots to talk about uh, you know that that love Stroud comparison I just saw kind of made me think of something, and it does involve the Jets. That's next, <laughs> and your phone calls. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Anthony Anderson, he's over there with TJ right now. He told a story. We're back live on the air, by the way. Put the photograph up. Yeah, we're back. Put the photograph up. Anthony, do you got is he still wearing his mic? Okay, yeah. Just real quick, tell the story. Can you tell the story real fast? With that photograph. So we're we're in Monaco at the International uh, Television Festival. Okay, let's put this. And Prince Albert. Yeah, and, and, and Prince Albert is 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 I'm friendly with Prince Albert. So when you're at when you're at the castle, when you're at the palace, yeah. you're not allowed to take pictures. And so we're taking pictures and they're like, they come stop me. And I was like, no. Prince Albert said we can take I can take pictures and they shrink away. And so I go to every black person there. And you saw the group of us, 50 Cent, myself, TJ. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I was like, hey, guys, we're going to take a black picture at the palace. <laughs> and they were like, what? I said, we're going to take a black picture at the palace. And they're like, OK. And they're like, when? I was like, you'll know when. So. Ten, five or ten minutes later, people were in various conversations. I was like, okay, it's time to take the picture. So I just give the call. <laughs> and people are mid-conversations. And it, oh, I'll be right back. I got to go take the black picture. <laughs> so we all gather around the steps in the back. I, right, you back picture one I, more I was in the middle of getting someone's phone number, too. Right yeah, so we're in the middle, and we just we go in the back, and, you know, we, we take a picture. Jesse Smollett, 50 Cent, myself, my wife. TJ. TJ Jefferson. TJ. Now of the Rich Eisen Show. You know. Yeah. From, from, from Monaco to El Segundo. <laughs> One of our favorites. God, I love when Great Anthony job. Anderson comes on this program. See, we did that to try and cheer you up. <laughs>
I think everything should be done to cheer you up today. I'm not that down. But oh, that was okay. Elsa I, I appreciate nice. it. This guy. Stop. <laughs> Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. I don't think we should gloss over the fact that in this day and age, when we are seeing the first NFL playoff season since 1998 that does not feature hmm. Tom Brady or Peyton Manning in the field. Okay? Crazy. That we are seeing two young quarterbacks kill it in their first career playoff starts. For a rookie in C.J. Stroud to do what he did against the number one total defense. No rookie quarterback had ever beaten a team that brought a number one total defense into a playoff game before, and C.J. Stroud did. Now, I know the Browns' total de- number one total defense different on the road than at home. Doesn't matter. They had Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. Mr. Grim Reaper himself, back in the state of Texas, and he couldn't do a darn thing. And C.J. Stroud... Killed it, crushed it, and then in the state of Texas, strolls Jordan Love for his first career playoff start, and he kills it. He crushes it. And look at the numbers on the screen. It's unbelievable. C.J. Stroud had two more passing yards than Jordan Love, 274 to 272, but they had the same number of touchdowns, three. Neither of them threw a pick. They completed the same exact percentage of passes, 76%, and the same quarterback rating of 157.2. It's like mirror images statistically. Unbelievable. And both of them are all like, yeah. Give me Stroud's soundbite first, and then we'll do Jordan Love's. They're both both like, "Uh, okay, here's Stroud. This is like a dream come true as as of a like – how close we are as a team. Like we're really, really close. Offense, defense, special teams, like we all men well together and just have another week to go at it with my brothers it's a blessing, you know. So um I'm I'm super excited for this team and, and the city of Houston and I'm just blessed to be in the position I am. There you go. And Jordan Love, boy, he looks like a deer in headlights too, huh? <laughs> Get it. Jordan, how much does this win validate what you did, you know, during the season? Um, man, I think it just shows what we're all about as a team. Um, you know, like I said, we've been counted out so many times. Um, and uh, I don't know, I think it was just a great team win tonight. Um, all three phases were able to step up. And, um, you know, when we're playing complimentary ball like that, um, I think we're tough to beat. I'm talking about their teams, talking about, I mean, and if the Bills win later on today, guess what? Both of these young studs, or dude, right? Isn't that what Matt LaFleur called? Lo- Real dude. Real dude? Real dude. They're the ones who are going to now try to one and done the one seeds. If the Bills win, Texans go to Baltimore. And we already know who's going to San Francisco next weekend. Ooh, baby. That's what is happening, again, in the first playoff season in forever that features neither Peyton Manning nor Tom Brady in it. And all I'm sitting here thinking... Uh, Because, you know, I I like making things about me, but I'm serious. (laughs) This is what I'm sitting here thinking. Seeing these two young stud quarterbacks drafted. One of them starts right away in C.J. Stroud. One of them waits for a long time behind Aaron Rodgers. And you hook them up with two coaches who are taken from the San Francisco staff. D'Amico Ryan's. Matt LaFleur. And look at them. Look how they're flourishing. By the way, great idea. Take somebody from San Francisco, draft your quarterback, and go to work. Sounds like a plan, right? Working for the Texans. Working for the Packers. How'd that work for the Jets? Let's take Salah, and let's draft Zach Wilson and go to work. And instead, that flopped so badly Let's take the guy Jordan loves shoving out the door or we're ready to send him packing 
because we want to see Jordan Love and we believe what we have in Jordan Love. What is Rodgers thinking right now? I would love to get his innermost thoughts. I don't know if he's going to appear tomorrow. But that's that would be the question I'd want to ask him. You know, the young receivers that didn't work out with him in his final season in Green Bay. Maybe they were too green. But Dobbs had 151 yards and a score. Christian Watson only had one target, one catch for nine. And everybody else came in the draft, including picks that they got one from the Jets. I mean, honestly, got to get the quarterback right. I still believe that the Jets got the coach right. But what is Rodgers sitting there? Because now the Packers have moved on to the divisional round with Love in his first start, and he does in Dallas. You know, similar something that Rodgers did, although Rodgers needed that dynamite throw to Jared Cook and then a 51-yarder from Crosby to win that game. This one was over by the second quarter. It was over by the coin. And they looked so good. And they're built for the long haul, and the Jets are hoping that they got the right coach and everything else set up for Rodgers as a 40-year-old. Which position would you rather be in? Man, oh man, oh man. Good plan, Texans and Packers and Jets did the same thing. I guess getting the quarterback right, that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they did get it right with Rodgers next year, but for the moment, it looks like the Texans and C.J. Stroud and the Packers and Jordan Love will be the ones to try and one and done the one seeds in the way that they did this weekend to who they played against. The wow. Browns and the Flacco Sants, a resounding thud of an end. Man. But what a ride. What, what a, a ride, a I ride. get it, but that thing's over. Yep. <laughs> and then the Packers, what the hell just happened there? Gosh. Honestly, like let's let's take someone from the the Niners staff and hook him up with. I mean, in Stroud, Stroud's the number two overall quarterback, just like Zach Wilson. I mean, what we we needed our own Bobby Slowick? Is that what it was? I I, I don't know. Mike Lafleur, Matt's brother, wasn't the right guy to dial it up for him to start. Didn't have the right pieces. I don't know, man. The Jets seem to have better weapons, one would think, than Dobbs and Reed and Wicks until Dobbs, Reed, and Wicks catch passes from Jordan Love. You know, Jets have Brees Hall. They've got Aaron Jones. Maybe there's something to sitting and learning for a Maybe few seasons. Maybe so. I don't Absolutely. Know, unless you got Stroud. Then you make the second round of the playoffs after yes. choosing second and third overall on the clock. Who knows? Who knows? Shots more of an anomaly, I would think. You think? Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We're going to have Daniel Jeremiah first up on tomorrow's show. You know it's a copycat league. I think a ton of kids are going to get pushed to the top of the draft who play oh, quarterback. Yeah.